I won rookie of the year for my realtor board. I sold 20 homes, I believe, my first year. If there was an agent listening to us, a brand new agent just getting into real estate, what would you tell them to do first? So the very first thing I would do is I would get on the phone with everybody you know as often as you can. And what I would do is I would say to them, I just got into the real estate business and I'm so excited about it. Let me offer you some services because I need some help. And the services I can offer you right now is let me practice with you and do a market analysis on your house. And then I'd like your feedback from it. The other service I'd like to do is if you see a house that you're interested in and you just want to see it, call me. Let's go look just for fun because I need to know how to show houses and I feel safe with you to do that. And because you have to, you have, you have these people who you know, they're the ones who are going to refer you. They're the ones who are going to use you. And if they don't see you as a real estate agent or real estate broker, then they're not going to refer you and they're not going to use you. I promised my mother, I promised her that I would not do real estate the way that she did real estate with her working on nights and weekends. So I, I try my hardest to not do that. I think that people forget that real estate isn't about houses. It's not about bricks and mortar. It's about people. My orphan clients are, when, I, when I'm the listing agent, it's the buyer who buys my listing. Is it working? Are you getting business from these orphans? I am signing a listing tomorrow with an orphan. So <laughs> absolutely, it works. If you're, just, like, if you're just looking to build a database of who knows where they're coming from, um, put, an, put a game in the paper and send it out and say, if you text me the solution, you'll win a $5 gift card. And then that immediately gives me their name, their phone number. I'll ask them for their address because I have to mail them the gift card. And then it's just, it just starts piling up your database very quickly. This is Solo Agent World, where we celebrate the accomplishments of high-performing single-agent real estate practices. Hi, I'm Mike Cerrone with Mastermind Agent, and welcome to the Solo Agent World podcast, where we celebrate the accomplishments of top-performing single real estate agents. Today, we're talking with Bryce Fuller with Baird & Warner in Glenview, Illinois, in the northern suburbs of Chicagoland. Last year, he sold 49 homes worth $16 million and earned $368,000 in GCI as a solo agent with three part-time administrative assistants. His average price was $326,000 with 41% buyers and 59% sellers. He's been an agent for 18 years. Welcome to the call, Bryce. Thanks, Mike. It's great to be here. I appreciate it. Bryce, it's great to have you here. Excited to chat with you today. Let's do this. Before we start talking about what you're doing today, let's go back for a minute and talk about what you did before you got into real estate. Okay. Um, so I grew up in a real estate family and both my mother and father were real estate agents. And I vowed from the time I was five years old that I would never go into real estate. I hated it all. That's all we talked about at uh, the dinner table. That's what we talked about at holidays. So 
I did not like real estate. I ended up going into marketing um, at the University of Illinois. I had a, a job uh, working for a technology company out of college. And two years after I was hired there, they uh, downsized the entire sales and marketing department. So I was 23 years old and everybody who's my age now um, was running around like a chicken with their head cut off and didn't know what they were going to do. I vowed that that was not going to be me. I never wanted to let anybody else dictate to me whether I was going to be employed or not. So I did what any 23-year-old might do, and I pursued my, my absolute um, most incredible dream, which was to go into the film and television industry. And I uh, got a second, I, I earned a second degree in screenwriting, and I went out to Hollywood for um, three years. And I took meetings, I was an assistant to uh, a television director, I did story editing for different production companies. And after three years, um, I, I just couldn't make ends meet anymore. There's the money just ran out. And so I got a, a job as a um, as a door-to-door employment salesperson. So I would knock on a business's door and say, do you hire temporary employees? And then I would place them. And I was very good at this. I did that for six months. And my life kind of got easier because money started coming in and I enjoyed it. I hadn't, I hadn't felt what that was like for, for three years. And about six months into it, I was sitting there at a fountain in downtown Los Angeles having lunch. And I said, what am I still doing out here in Los Angeles? I don't particularly love this environment out here. Um, so why am I out here? I'm not writing anymore. I'm not doing the meetings anymore. So I called my mother and I said, you know, mommy, if I, if I came back home, would you teach me how to sell real estate? And she's like, oh, I love you. Come back. So, so I uh, got my um, Illinois real estate license in California uh, virtually and then went back to, came back to Illinois in 2003. And um, that's what I, that's my history. What happened the first year that you went out and got your license and, and started up in real estate? How'd that first year go? Okay, so um, I won Rookie of the Year for my realtor board. I sold 20 homes, I believe, my first year. And my wife and I um, worked our butts off because she also got licensed. When I came back, I started working and she said, I, I think I want to do that too. And so she got her license then. And we together, we took a bunch of classes and courses and, and we were like sponges and tried to learn as much as we could as quickly as possible because I promised my mother, I promised her that I would not do real estate the way that she did real estate with her working on nights and weekends. So I... I try my hardest to not do that at this point in my career. But when we started, um, we worked really hard. We didn't have a whole lot of money. What we did is we would take um, sheets of paper and print out um, like postcard size 
like advertisements about us or about the real estate market. And then we would cut them. So we had four little mini pamphlets. And then we would go literally door to door in townhouse communities, knocking on doors and handing these pamphlets to every single door. So we would do 500 doors in a day, usually. And um, we did it every, every two or three weeks until we dominated um, these different townhouse communities. We were very lucky because there were four townhouse communities all like right around each other. So we would do this Monday through Thursday, uh, give ourselves a break on Friday, but that those communities, they knew, knew who we were. And we gained um, within two or three years, we had about a 40% market share in those four communities. Uh, it was, we were kind of like the de facto standard just because of the consistency of the work. Um, my mother helped me get into the business by offering me a thousand dollars for every closing um, for her clients. As long as I was helping along, you know, if I would do the inspection for her or if I would show some property because I didn't have a whole lot of my own clients. So I was very lucky with that as well. Um, and so that's how I got started. And then um, we kind of, uh, my wife and I kind of transitioned away and we kept becoming our own entity. And then in 2008, um, we had our, our daughter and that's when my wife kind of stepped away a little bit from the business. Got it. Very nice. Very nice. I'm sure people want to hear a little bit more about this strategy of taking over this townhome complex. Uh, you're doing geographic farming door to door. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, let's let's ask a little bit more about that. So how many uh, units were in these complexes, these four complexes that were around you? Right. Each one. Three of them. OK, so one of them had four hundred and fifty. One of them had 380, another one had 320, and then the smallest one had um, 200 and, 220, I think. And um, yep, every, every single, at least month, every three weeks, we would go by and and let people know that if they had any questions about the real estate market, we were here, here's something we sold. And we'd hand them this little script. Here's a little, here's what we, we sold. And, or this is what's on the market. Here's what we have on the market. Here's a new price reduction. Any type of message that we had about the community, we would put it out there. And if we didn't have a message specifically about us, we would um, put the other ones that might be on the market with other agents and say, these are not our listings, but here's what's up for sale in, in this community. If they didn't answer the door, were you taping it on the door, putting it on the door handle? Um, we would, we would try and roll it up and stick it in some, some spot where they would see it. When they yeah. got home, they'd pop it. We would it leave it. Right we would there. leave it. Okay. And so uh, on that card, it had the information you mentioned that just listed, just sold something about the market stats, uh, probably had your phone number, maybe your picture on it. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it was, this was a very, I mean, 
very early in my career, there was not a whole lot of creativity in, in these pieces, but the fact that we never went away and the fact that we were so consistent with it um, was, was the value. Were they black and white? They were black and white. Yeah, they were photocopied. Black print on white paper and just got them yeah, out. Yeah, it was black print, white paper, photocopied. Um, and we cut and we cut them and it was it was <laughs> it was, was a simple operation that worked well. That's right. And so how many properties do you think that you were selling each year out of this townhome complex? You said you had a 40% market share. What does that translate yeah. into? How many sales? Well, well, so um I would pro I would say that I would sell in a year, probably about 11 to 12 homes in, in, within these different communities. That's great. And it was costing you almost nothing. It was your time. Nothing, it, not, it cost me time and five cents a copy, which is one, a cent, a, call it a penny a door. <laughs> right. Pretty darn cheap. Yeah, a lot cheaper yeah. than now. And you were willing to do the foot traffic to get out there. You said sometimes you were dropping off as many as 500 in a day. Uh, yes. You did have someone helping you. That was your wife at that time. Yes. Uh, but that was so, a great. So 250. To get so we would. Yes. Right. So we would knock on 250 each a day. And so a new agent that. listening to us, they could probably employ that idea right now. Or absolutely needs a big boost to their business. They don't have a lot of cash. They could just do it right now and get going. Was it printed on both sides or just one side? Um, I, I usually just did it on one side. Yeah, it was just getting it out there. And did you yeah. say it was card paper or regular paper? It was just regular paper. Regular old paper, just real inexpensive, print it off, uh, copy it off, and then cut it up. In the yeah, and we had, this, we, had this big, paper. we had this big paper cutter in the office. <laughs> yeah, we used to use the same thing. I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. It's hard work. Listen, Mike, I'm not going to lie. It's hard work. And and thank goodness there was a 7-Eleven nearby because we would stop and go, okay, we got to go get something to drink. Get a Slurpee. <laughs> That's right. But, um, but boy, it translated into a lot of closings very quickly. That's fun. How exciting. Thank you so much for sharing. I do need to ask a quick question. Uh, people want to know this. So I want to get it out of the way. Did you actually sell 49 homes last year as a solo agent? Did you work yeah. with every single buyer and seller? Yes, every single buyer and seller, they were my clients. I do not have any, uh, I don't, I, while I work with my mother and she may cover for me to do an inspection or maybe um, drop something off, I've sold every single one of those homes. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, fantastic. Really, it's really me. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically four homes a month. Basically one home a week, uh, which is what a lot of people aspire to. And you've been able to do that. And you've been doing that for several years, correct? That's that's correct. I um, It's very kind of steady. I am having the best year I've ever had this year in, in 2021. But um, it is really just basically me. Let me go ahead and fill in that last part before we get back into your story. And that is, uh, you, do you have any administrative assistants? How many, uh, and are they full-time or part-time? So I have one part-time assistant and she does my marketing for me. She does my mailings. Um, I use a, a database system called uh, All Clients. Um, mine is actually called, I think it's called my clients through, um, the coaching program that I use. And 
Um, she can just push buttons in it and emails go out and letters get printed up for me. And all she does is fold and stamp and off they go. Hmm. How many hours a week is she working? My guess is about 10 to 15, maybe. Maybe. Very That's good. about it. And then do you have anybody else helping you? So my, my mother is licensed and she's officially part of uh, the Fuller Force, which is a branded sort of team. Um, and I don't, I don't really work with her clients and she doesn't really work with mine. We might cover for each other a little bit, but it's not, um, it's not a team like you would think of a traditional team. Um, she's got her clients and, and I have mine. Very good. Uh, and to, so she has her own clients. Just to clarify, she's not part of the 49 closings that we talked about for last year. She is, she is not. Very good. She is, she is not. And do you have anyone else helping you or assisting in the business? My wife is also licensed, but she spends most of her time um, raising our children and uh, taking care of the business of, she's the CEO of the, uh, the Fuller household. Very nice. And then uh, any other part-time or uh, uh, virtual assistants or anyone else that's helping out? I'm very lucky. I'm very blessed because my brokerage has a program where I can get um, uh, transaction management on demand. So if I have a transaction that I just don't want to do any of the paperwork for, I can press a button and in comes the transaction uh, coordinator and she will take care of it and, and take it all the way through to the finish line for me. Uh, I also, there's also um, some marketing professionals that work with the, the brokerage that I can hire to put together ad campaigns for me, if that's what I'd like to do so that I'm not sitting there uh, doing it all myself. Very nice. And that transaction manager, uh, transaction coordinator, do they charge a flat fee per closing? And if so, how much? Yeah, it's $400 uh, per transaction. Very nice. And uh, what percentage of the time do you uh, use that service? Probably 90% of the time. I, it has freed up so much of my time and energy. And I sell homes from as high as a million three or a million four, all the way down to $100,000. And it hurts me sometimes to hire them when I'm selling something in the low price category. But I know that all it's going to do is free up more time for me to either enjoy life or to prospect or to find another client. So it is a very, it's a very good investment on my, on my part. No brainer. And then the, you mentioned there's also sometimes you get some marketing on demand. Uh, although you already have a marketing assistant. Uh, so what kind of marketing is this extra person doing and how often do you use them? So um, I use them to kind of design custom-made postcards. If I'm going to do a campaign or a farm mailing, um, I'll use them to design uh, print advertising for me. Bryce, what I'd like to talk to you right now about is your marketing. Uh, you mentioned that a large percentage of your business is coming from repeating referrals. Uh, and uh, in fact, I added it up. We did some uh, communication before this call, and it looked like about 85% of your business 
is coming from repeating referrals from your past clients and sphere of influence. This is a big, right. big part of your business today. And what I want to find out is uh, a couple of things. Number one, how big is your database of past clients and sphere of influence? So my, um, my past client database is 536 people uh, that are labeled as past clients. I think that I have, a, it's probably larger than that, but it's, but it's labeled as, if I could just pull it up, 536. Um, my sphere of influence, people who have not been past clients, but I interact with very often is another 200 people. I have 189 here. And then on top of that, I have another um, 172 that are uh, orphan clients. So, and what they- is that? What's an orphan client? Everybody listen up. Okay, so my orphan clients are, when, I, when I'm the listing agent, it's the buyer who buys my listing. And I don't, I don't include every orphan client in my databases. I pick and choose. Um, I don't pick the orphan clients that are from my brokerage. Like if a, another broker from my firm um, comes in and, and sells my listing, I don't include them. I, I, don't, I don't need that business. But if it's from another brokerage and it's in an area that I like working and the transaction was a good transaction that wasn't very contentious, then they are absolutely included in, in the list. And I follow up with them for seven years before they just kind of start to um, go into, into the, the network of, of my, my kind of passive marketing. This is fantastic. Uh, you did a great job. Let me just uh, clarify uh, my concept of the orphan client. Basically, as you mentioned, it's the person on the other side of the transaction from you. You're not marketing to them during the transaction, but afterwards the door is now open. And we know statistically that most agents fail in the business, unfortunately, 80% plus in the first year, et cetera. So therefore, that person on the other side is going to be agentless here soon, i.e. the orphan concept, and you're yes. going to be taking over and becoming their agent. Great idea. Let me ask this. Everybody wants to know, is it working? Are you getting business from these orphans? I am signing a listing tomorrow with an orphan. So <laughs> absolutely, it works. That is fantastic. How long have you been doing the orphan concept? Uh, since 2005. 2005. That's great. So 16 years. Yeah. And so you, you built up a database how many closings do you think you've had? And just estimate over that amount of time from these orphans. Oh, Again, oh my goodness. People perspective. I would say, I would say um, since 2005, probably 30, 35 closings from orphan clients. Maybe, awesome. maybe more, maybe more because I, sometimes I forget that they're orphan clients because they just become a client. Right. You know, if you're, I think, I think that people forget that real estate isn't about houses. It's not about bricks and mortar. It's about people. And if you develop the relationship with these orphaned clients, they don't remember anything else about the transaction other than you were the one who helped them, even though you weren't the one. And you become their friend. You call them. You check in on them. Hey, I don't know what your birthday is. You just adopt them as yours. And so... The question that you're asking me, how many can I attribute it to it? Um, 
I can't answer exactly because a lot of times I do forget that I never sold them the house in the first place. <laughs> right. This is awesome. I love how you use the word adopt. You know, they're orphans. You adopted them. You took them into your family. You're working with them now, and it becomes future relationships and therefore business. What a great idea. Um, one, uh, one final thing somebody might want to know. Did anyone ever reject you because you went and approached them to become part of your family? That's yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, um, this week I received a letter, not a letter. Uh, it was a return, return to sender. And it said on the back, please stop mailing me. And that's fine. I'm telling your audience, I'm telling every agent out there, that if you don't get rejected, you're not working hard enough. <laughs> right. You're, you're not reaching out enough. Um, right. Let me ask one more thing, because this is a great topic we don't usually talk about. The uh, When you first adopt them, first of all, how long after the closing do you contact them? And how do you contact them? Do you just throw them in the database and send them everything you've sent everybody else? Or do you do some kind of bridge, say a bridge letter to show them why you're going to be sending them information? Is there a right. so it is, It's actually a, a handwritten note. And it, the handwritten note says, um, dear so-and-so, you know, my name is Bryce Fuller. I was the listing agent on your new home. And um, I know a lot about the home and I have resources for you about the home. Um, I also have more resources for you about the community, your new community, and any activities that you might be interested in or any recommendations for restaurants or whatever, uh, please feel free to, to contact me. I'm always here for you. And it's just, it's very simple, very brief. Congratulations on your new home. Welcome. And, and that's it. And then the next one, um, I have a, uh, I have a relationship with a pizza parlor, a local pizza parlor. And I know that a lot of people like to bring pizza for moving days, but I wait until they're unpacked a little bit. And then I send them a coupon for a free pizza at this pizza parlor. And it's a, and it, with a letter that says, uh, this pizza parlor is my absolute favorite. It is iconic in the area and welcome to your new home. I just wanted to uh, tell you that I appreciate you have a pizza on me. And there it is. It's a free pizza. And they call up. And um, the only deal that I have with the pizza parlor is that they get the name, address, the name and address of the client so that they can then put them in their mailing database for coupons or whatever. Cool. What a great idea. Hope everybody yeah. was listening. What a, what a smart move. Very nice. Yeah, they, and, it does, and it doesn't cost me anything. I'm not buying pizzas. <laughs> right. But it's beneficial to the pizzeria. It's beneficial to you. It's beneficial to the homeowner. Everyone's winning here. Yes. Yeah. And and again, it solidifies the relationship with both the orphan client and my own clients. That I I do this for my own clients when they move into the area. So they, I do adopt those orphan clients, and they do become part of the fabric of of my marketing. Well, let's do that now. Let's. Thank you for talking about the orphans. That's a wonderful, great idea. I hope everybody picked up on that. That's a way to double your number of past clients immediately. You're double timing now to build your list. Um, let's go uh, and talk about the past clients and sphere of influence and what your 
Uh, well, first of all, let me ask this. Where are you keeping this data? I think you mentioned it earlier. What's your database or your CRM? Uh, my CRM is called My Clients, um, and that's through uh, Joe Stump's Buy Referral Only program. And cool. I have I have every single um, client in there, and they have them all labeled appropriately. Whether or not it's a clean database or not, that's that's debatable. But they're all in there, and they have some types of labels on them. Now, when you say labels, uh, we've talked about a few. We got past clients, sphere of influence, orphan. What other kind of labels are you using? Are you ranking these people in any way? Yeah. So I have um, I have four, one, three, four, five, five. I think I have five labels for like their ranks right now. Tell I have double A. I have double A clients. Double A clients are people who have um, bought have have done two or more either bought and sold with me, done two, two real estate transactions in a year or referred me to um, two or more people. So if they bought something and referred me, they'd be double A. If um, they uh, bought and sold, they'd be double A. If they referred me to two people, they'd be a double A client. These are my most valuable clients and they get sports tickets and they get um, uh, coupons for dinner or they get to come over for a barbecue or something something that makes them feel a little bit more special than everybody else because they are my most valuable people and people who are connectors they are always connectors and so i want to let them know that i'm grateful for them and that they're appreciated very nice so that's your double a what other yes. categories do you have so then I have A clients, and those are people who have um, done one real estate transaction with me in the past year or referred me in the past year, and they receive um, an, a monthly newsletter from me, a paper newsletter that um, I don't, again, uh, I don't do it myself. It just goes out, and you push a button, and off it goes. It's really great. Then they also receive um, my email notifications and they and they receive my correspondence. They also receive uh, phone calls from me on a quarterly basis. And, the, and then I have B clients and the B clients are people who have bought or sold, done a real estate transaction or referred me within the past three years. And most of the communication with them is over email uh, and phone and text. So I'm starting to spend a little less money on them. And, um, and then C is kind of everybody else that I have at some point done a real estate transaction with, or at some point been referred to, or at some point had some type of interaction with on a one-to-one -one basis, um, but done some, some kind of business with them. And they almost exclusively get uh, electronic communication from me. And then the D clients are people who had an inquiry from the internet, responded to an ad and don't return phone calls. They just kind of are there and they almost exclusively get um, electronic communication from me. Very nice. Very nice. Thank you for walking us through that and the ideas uh, of what people are getting. So let's talk about that big picture of the annual marketing plan. And you have these different levels that you're working through. Um, so let's start down on D. How often are they being contacted? Well, 
you know what? Before we do that, I need to get a bigger picture of how many people are in each group. Do you have that broken out? Oh, let's see here. Okay, here we go. Thank you. All right. I have, here we go. You ready? Yep. All right. In my double A group, I have 11 people. Cool. In my A group, I have 174 people. Nice. In my B group, I have 220 people. Mm -hmm. In my C group, I have 535 people. Okay. And in my D group, I have 1,474 people. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. That, thank you. That gives us perspective again on the fact it's kind of like a pyramid. It's working up the smallest, most valuable people are at the top. You've identified them. You've pulled them up to the top. You're giving them extra service. Very nice. Thank you. And I hope everybody's picking up on the fact that you do have them labeled and you can pull them out. You know exactly what's going on inside your business. Talk to a lot of people that don't. They need to follow your lead. That was really excellent. Thank you. Now let's talk about what you're doing as far as you've mentioned kind of the, the basics. Let's get into some specifics on frequency and what you're sending each of these groups. And let's start at the bottom since that's probably the least frequent, but it's something that probably happens for everybody else. And then you're building on it. So let's go ahead and start with what do the D's get? How often? So the D's... Um will get from me an email every month with a trivia contest. So everybody, everybody in all databases gets the trivia contest email. And it's called Funday Monday. Um, again, it's provided by my coach, by Joe Stumpf. And it is, I press a button and off it goes. Um, actually, I don't even think I press a button. I think it goes automatically. And it's just a it's just a fun trivia question, and then they respond, and, and everybody who responds goes into a hat, and then I try and shoot a video of me pulling the winner out of the hat at the end of the, the week or two weeks, and I announce a winner, and I send a $25 Amazon gift card to them. And I, I use the video as a quick, hey, uh, kind of, Thank you for thinking of me for your real estate needs. And that's it. Um, but the response is incredible. I have hundreds of people who respond every single month to play this trivia. Some people I know, some people I don't know. Um, but if I don't, you know, it's a great way of, of connecting with people and uh, again, um, being being a human to them and, and doing talking about something other than real estate. And they look forward to actually opening up the email. Now that goes out once a month by email. Do you post that in social media or any other method or is it just email? It is really just email. Perfect. It's really, really just email. Yeah. And that's the D's. Anything else you're doing for the D's? Um, and then I also send out a, I send out um, a monthly email that tends to have a, like an inspirational story in it with, it's um, like Aesop's fables or something along those lines. It's not really real estate related. I don't know if you can get this or not, Mike, but I don't talk about real estate a whole lot. <laughs> I don't talk about houses a lot. I, I, I want to connect with people. I, all they have to know is that I happen, I'm a great person like that ad. I'm a great dad. Oh, and I happen to be in real estate. 
And because I don't, I just don't like talking about bricks and mortar and the finishes and uh, it's, it's all, it's all, that's all not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in people. And so I want to inspire people. I want people to interact with me. And when I send out these inspirational emails, um, the number of responses that I get is incredible. Like, thank you so much for sharing this story. I needed it today. And that starts conversations. That's what I'm looking for. So, so they get two emails from me a month. Nice. Very good. Uh, so now that's the D's and everybody's getting what they're getting, right? But that's the D's. Yeah. That's the minimum for them. Now let's move up to the C's. What are we adding for the C's? So the C's will also will get those two emails, but then they'll also get um, usually a market analysis every year. And then they'll also get um, at least two phone calls from me a year. So I'm contacting them in person at least three times a year. Very nice. Okay, you said in person. So the CMA that you're preparing, are you contacting people through the phone and saying, hey, I'm about to send you a CMA or did you receive what I sent over to you? Yeah, yes, it's exactly right. So that group is going to get a CMA over the, over the phone or over email. And, um, and yes, so that's exactly what I do. Very nice, very nice. Uh, and that again is on top of everything you did for the Ds. Anything else that you're adding for the Cs? Or are we ready to move to the next group? Yeah, the Cs. Um, the Cs will also get a holiday card for me, a New Year's card, and they will get. Um, oh, we do pies. We do Thanksgiving pies, and so they'll get uh, the pie mailing as well. The opportunity to to get a pie. So an invitation to your pie day event. Yes. Nice. And then that goes out, I assume, electronically by email? Uh, no, I no, that goes out by postcard. Okay, that's a postcard. Do you send more than one? No, but I, I will usually follow up with an email. I'll send one postcard and then like a reminder email before about three days before the deadline for them to order. Very nice. Thank you. Let's keep rolling. So that's your C's. Let's talk about the B's. What do they get on top of everything else we've already talked about? So the B's will will get at least at least two more phone calls a year. So I'm going to be contacting them at, in person four times a year, no matter what. That is also followed up with um, a text message directly after the phone call, and then followed by a handwritten note directly after that as well. So I'm a big note writer. I love notes. I love handwritten notes. I think they get fantastic results. And those, those people um, can expect to hear from me four times a year, uh, every year. They also tend to get invited to, um, I do a garage sale. Uh, like I, I host a garage sale in our community and they can participate in that as well. Very nice. Uh, is when you send out that invitation on the garage sale, is that a postcard or email? That is all. That is that is also a postcard, um, and that and then a phone call following up with that. Right. We're seeing how you're building the layers. This is great. Thank you. Uh, anything else for the bees before we go on? Um, 
I, th I think that's it. It's it, but basically, I, I, I'm contacting them at a minimally on a quarterly basis. Yeah, we know we're seeing the transition. You're getting more and more involved. You're spending more time on the phone. You're doing more follow up with uh, the text message as well as the personal notes. You're adding on more and more contacts and touches. This is great. Let's go up to the A, the single A's. So the A's, they are the ones that also get a monthly newsletter from me. Uh, in addition to all the contacts and phone calls, they're going to get a monthly newsletter from me. And the newsletter is done for me. Uh, it costs about a dollar, dollar and a quarter, maybe a dollar fifty to um, to mail those out. And people people go crazy for this newsletter. It is in bright yellow paper. It looks like a ten year old made it, and it is filled with interesting facts and inspirational stories and jokes and trivia. And they just love getting this thing on a monthly basis. Where is it coming from? Uh, it's, it's Joe Stump. He yeah. does everything for me. <laughs> I plug into his system and, and everything is done. Nice. It's, it's, it's incredible. If you use it, uh, it works. <laughs> That's a great endorsement. Now, they, uh, for the A's, they're on top of everything else. They're also getting this newsletter mailed out monthly. Anything else that you're adding just for the A's? Um, well, okay. So the A's also get Popeyes. I will stop by and, and do Popeyes for the A's as well and the, and the double A's. They'll usually get two, two Popeyes a year in addition to the phone call. So I'm actually seeing or communicating with them six times a year minimally in person. A Popeye, tell everybody what a Popeye is. Um, so a Popeye would be a small gift, a small token of appreciation that, uh, hey, I was just thinking about you, knock on their door, uh, call, you can even call them from the, from the driveway and say, hey, I'm just outside your house. I was in the neighborhood and I've thought about you. I have a little, a little treat for you. Can I knock on your door? And people love it. It's what kind just, of gifts or treats are you giving? Um, I have, why don't you pause for a second? Sure. Pause. Okay. So in my hand here, I have a, um, it's a soap dispenser uh, with some hand towels. And it says, um, your real estate needs are in good hands. You are appreciated. And there, you yeah, see that. Put that up close to the screen and hold it there for a couple seconds. Yeah. Nice. There you go. And then you can see it's just a simple method soap dispenser with um, some hand towels. And it's just a it's just a little little something. That's what I'm giving away right now this this month. How much did um, that cost you? Uh, Four dollars. Mm -hmm. It's a small little Eight. gift. How did you come yeah. up with the idea? I get well, I, I Mike, I lean very heavily on my brokerage and on my coach, because as we talked in the beginning, I'm a solo agent. And so if, if I, if I don't lean heavily on other people to do things for me or provide things for me, I can't do it all. So I get to pay um, those marketing individuals at, uh, at my brokerage to, to develop these and put them together. And I just call them and say, Hey, I need 25 Popeye's for this month or 30 Popeye's for this month. 
and they just bill me and it shows up on my, you know, in my office. <laughs> That's awesome. Very nice. Thank you. So we've got the thing that we added for the single A's, and I know this means the double A's too, but the thing we added for them is the monthly newsletter. Okay. And you mentioned the yellow one that's working really well. And then also these pop buys happening twice a, a year. Anything else for the A's that, again, these additional it, items? Yeah. And I think that that's, that's kind of where it goes. Yeah, yeah. We've topped it out. We're doing great. And then go all the way now up to the very tip top, the double A's. What do they get beyond what we've already talked about? So the double A's um, tend to get a very, very close personal relationship with me. Um, they will we'll go out and have dinner. We will go out and have drinks. We will go bowling or we'll have a barbecue and invite them over. Um, it is very much about a, the relationship. Um, you know, I'll take them to a sporting event, a Bulls game or a Sox game. Uh, I'm a Sox fan. And uh, maybe, I don't know, golf, what, whatever. But it becomes an, an experience as opposed to just uh, um, kind of asking. I, I don't want to ask for business. I, again, I want to develop these relationships. These, the double the A clients, I know of, of other agents that build their entire business on just the double A clients. They might only have 15 to 30 clients that they work with. And because they either refer so much business or do so much business, um, they can satisfy their entire need for, for income. So um, that's the, what I'm trying to do with the, with the double A clients. Very nice. Awesome. This has been fantastic. Thank you for walking us through your entire plan and your structure yeah. of how you put together this database. Uh, it's fan, It's just a, a wonderful, uh, detailed uh, segment. Thank you. I know that print is going the way of the dodo, but I got to tell you, I think people still crave some paper in their hands and they'll just flip. And it's truthfully the most cost-effective way uh, for me to brand myself is through print advertising these days. The, the local paper has, a, has fabulous prices for advertising. Now, uh, I believe you sent me some samples of that. Is that correct? I did. I did. I would like to show you some of those right now and we can talk about them and show people what you're, you're talking about because they're kind of nice. Okay. All right, let's get that uh, up on the screen. Uh, Bryce, here we go. Is this one of the pieces you're talking about? Yeah, this is exactly right. Um, so it's a, a play on my name, obviously. The Bryce is right. And <laughs> you, you notice that the one thing that drives me crazy about print ads is little houses with little faces. Look at all the houses I sold. Look at all the houses I sold. I try and incorporate humor. I try and incorporate some fun. Um, I want people to feel like I'm approachable. And I ne almost never advertise any house in any advertisement I ever put. They're all branded for me um, to, to make people feel comfortable and say, hey, this, this guy looks like he could be some fun to work with. Very nice. And we've got this great picture on the top here. Uh, wow, it's kind of neat. It, it looks like they've done something unique with the body size and the faces to make it really stand out on the heads. <laughs> now yeah. this, these so people they'll notice 
Yeah, you'll notice as, if we go through a few of these these advertisements, you'll notice that um, the marketing staff they we came up with this theme of kind of um, what is it called putting putting my image or my head in some very interesting positions places. Um, in this case, it's my my wife is on the right and my mother's on the left. We've put their head on on model bodies and uh, 1950s style kind of model <laughs> bodies. It's really just kind of fun. That's great. And let's look down here at the bottom. This is your call to action or your information is starting off here. So come on down, Baron Warner, Glenn Brook, to meet with Bryce, Lori, and Connie of the Fuller Force. Uh, put your old house on display. Uh, and there's the display right there. That's nice. And get the highest offer while getting a fabulous price on your new home uh, that doesn't go over your budget. Call us to find out what's happening in your market today. So there's our call to action. And then we go uh, to get an instant idea of your home's value, visit myillinoishomevalue.com. I assume they go there and fill out a form. You got your contact information below that. Question, where is this being uh, printed and what's the circulation? What's the cost and what are the results? Okay, so um, the circulate, it, it's being printed in a local paper not the big Chicagoland market paper. It's, it, it is only for our community. And the circulation is about 15,000 um, on it. At least that's what they tell me. Then I also receive um, on-demand, uh, not on-demand, online print, uh, online advertising as well on their website. So the price is um, only $350 per ad. So it, it's very cost effective. As is far as the results, ad? a full that's a full page ad. How often does it go out? Uh, and I advertise every two weeks. Every two weeks, okay. So twice a month, uh, it's going yeah. out twenty four times a year. Uh, how about the results? Are you receiving leads and business from this? So the the website, the myillinoishomevalue.com, always generates at least one to two leads. Um, and a lot of the time, they're just kind of curious. They'll go in there and they want to see what their home might be worth. I don't, I, I look at this advertisement not as a lead generator, but as a reinforcement of a buying decision. I look at it as branding where they see me, they see what I do, and they feel comfortable calling me. Um, most of my business, Mike, comes from sphere of influence and referrals. And when somebody's thinking about buying their home or buying a home or selling their home, they're most likely going to get in contact with me through referrals. But if then they see this ad and they remember, oh, yeah, I was referred to Bryce. And then they receive a postcard. Oh, yeah, Bryce. It, it kind of reinforces it through um, uh, the reticulating activator system, uh, which I, I think is it's a really fabulous tool to, to work with. Let me ask a few more questions. You said one to two leads. Is that one to two seller leads each time one of these ads goes yeah. out? Yeah, that's probably about right. So we're talking uh, two to four leads per month uh, at about a cost of $700 a month or $8,400 a year. Uh, mm -hmm. And so you're saying these leads are coming in, mate, they're kind of curious. Do any of the leads that come in ever turn into an actual client? Yeah, um, the, the ads pay for themselves. 
it, it's kind of it kind of is a, a break even, maybe a little bit of a profit. So you get one it's, or two closings per year from yeah, this activity. Yeah, I would say I would say I get I'd probably say one to two. Okay, right. and let's stop. Mo there for a most second. of the people, most of the people though, who who contact me to list their homes, say I saw you in the paper. I always see your ad in the paper. They're You're your sphere, the but paper. they also saw you. This is going to your local community. They're probably seeing it. Question I have for you is this. Are you taking these ads as tear sheets? Are you ripping them out and then presenting them at, say, your listing presentation or your buyer presentation? No, I'm not. Okay, something to think about. Um, but it's very nice. It's a nice piece. How long have you been running it? I've been running ads like this for three three years now. Cool. So Sometimes I used to have put games on them. I would put mazes. Um, and tell people that if they filled in the maze and they texted me um, their solution, they'd win a $5 Starbucks gift card. I, um, I would do crossword puzzles. I do word searches, things that are interactive. Did it work? They, 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 work, they work fantastically. If you want leads, throw a game in. And if you're just like, if you're just looking to build a database of who knows where they're coming from, um, put in, put a game in the paper and send it out and say, if you text me the solution, you'll win a $5 gift card. And then that immediately gives me their name, their phone number. I'll ask them for their address because I have to mail them the gift card. And then it's just, it just starts piling up your database very quickly. What a great idea. I like that. Um, let's do this. Let's take a look at some of the other ads. We'll kind of move through these quickly, but let's take a look here. Tell us about this. Uh, so school just started. This is the latest one that came out. And um, I, I think it's a, I'm, I'm trying to be very relatable again. School started, parents are thinking about it. They, people are not used to seeing an ad like this. I had um, two of my clients actually text me pictures of it saying looking good today. And of course I, I know I look good. So, uh, <laughs> so it, it's, it's an interactive with the, it's an, it, it's an interaction with the community. Um, that's what these, that's what these ads are for. They're, they're not, they're not bland ads. I, I don't think, I mean, I don't know. What's, what's your impression. If you see something like this, does it make you pause? Does it make you stop? Does it, does it make you read it just to figure out what's going on here? You know, it's a great question, Bryce. And for me, the answer is always our clients stopping, our potential clients and leads stopping. Are they they interacting? I love what they look like, uh, but I always have to ask the question, are they generating business and paying for themselves? And you've given us your answer as to why you continue to do them. Uh, yes. I really like that idea, the, the puzzle to build your database. I don't think we have any of those in here, but this is pretty cool. Uh, so we got a word problem. And this was kind of just a funny little one, right? Right. And that's exactly humor. right. It's getting your picture out there. It's it's definitely an institutional piece, uh, promoting yes. the brand a little more. Although we do yes. have a bit of a call action on the bottom, which is why I was asking you if it's been paying off. And it sounds like it's at least paying for the publication. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I, I think that it, it pays off just in um, branding and relatability as well. It, it really does. Let's take a look at the next one. I mean, these are really cool. They're very creative. Uh, there we go. Nice. Wow. Your head's on the side of a mountain. 
There you go. That's right. That's right. You know, no, nobody sees ads like this. Everybody. Oh gosh. Mike, realtors, realtors just, I don't know. Realtors, some of them, they just drive me crazy because every real estate ad looks exactly the same. And you know, the five stars at the top, it doesn't say it's a five-star review, but boy, people know what five stars means. And they know what Mount Rushmore is. And, and so nobody's ever seen anything like this before. <laughs> it yeah. makes people stop. It makes people read it. And they, and then they say, you know, I, I'm, I'll remember that when I need real estate, I'm going to call Bryce. Very nice. Very nice. So let's take a look at the next one. Oh, I see some real estate. There we go. That's real estate. But that's, this is a call to action saying that I can refer you to business around the country and actually around the world. Um, so I'm part of the leading real estate companies of the world. And our, we have this fabulous international network. And I want people to understand that whether they're thinking about buying a vacation home or whether they are thinking about moving across country, I want them to feel comfortable reaching out to me to talk about it. And so that's the purpose of this ad. Did it work? Did you get any uh, reload business out of this? I, I did. I actually received one phone call immediately saying that um, they wanted to buy a lake home in either Michigan or Wisconsin, which I am not licensed in. And um, that the referral fee alone actually paid for four months of, of advertising. That is fantastic. Uh, you know, this looks to me like a really great piece to get a whole bunch of extra copies of, do tear sheets and put it in your listing packet and even maybe your buyer packet uh, for people who are thinking about, they just may know somebody. Uh, what a great idea. I like the piece. It's great. I like Thank the idea. You. I like the question at the beginning, you know, what could you buy for a million dollars around the country? People want to know that. It's very inquisitive. Uh, uh, pretty cool. Thanks for sharing that with us. Thank you. Let's take a look at this one. <laughs> it's, it's Father's Day, right? This hey, is I like self-promotion. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> He's a pretty cool dad. Very that's nice. right. <laughs> hey, that's um, awesome. I love using your kids in the ads. What a great idea. Uh, yeah. Quick question. When you did this, did you pay your kids as models? <laughs> I sure can. Yeah. Absolutely. Do they get it? And, I do. I do. I, I nice. pay my kids. I pay my kids handsomely when it comes tax time. Yeah. And everybody should uh, talk to your accountant about rates and so forth, but it's a great idea to pay your kids if they're going to be modeling in your ads. Uh, you not only get a tax write-off, but you now they have income. And if you're really thinking this thing forward, uh, you can take their income and dump it into a 401k uh, or some kind of retirement plan for them. Uh, a Roth IRA would be even better, something that uh, grows tax-free and comes out tax-free. It's just something to think about and talk to with your accountant. I'm not your accountant or your tax advisor, neither is Bryce, but just something to think about. Pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I like this ad. I, really, I like those sunglasses. Thank you. Let's take Thank a look at this. Much. Oh, so this was um, around March Madness. And uh, obviously, I'm, everybody knows about the brackets for March Madness. And uh, I was trying to figure out a way to incorporate March Madness in with my advertising. And uh, I think that this is this is a great example of, of uh, kind of the timeliness. I also did one where um, and the, during football, it was the football squares. 
And that one also said, don't be a square. I, I think this one maybe missed that one. Um, but yeah, the idea is, is that you win no matter what, if you work with, with me. It's, it's very appealing, great use of color, draws the eye in. Um, again, these are very fun institutional pieces. I'm glad that you at least have that, that uh, uh, call to action and a little bit of a uh, direct response element in the bottom of each one about home values. I'm glad you're getting some response there and, and it's paying for itself. So let me ask you this. Uh, I'm listening to you. Other agents are listening to you and I have a question in the back of their mind I got to ask. And that is, are you profitable? I'm very profitable. I, I calculated out. I'm at a, somewhere between the 65 and 70% profit margin right now. Yeah, that's fantastic. That is great. That is solo agent territory. That's beautiful. Thank you. And um, curious now, what, what drives you? Uh, without a doubt, the thing that drives me the most is my family. I just, I just adore them. They're the most important people in my life. And um, as I told you earlier, Mike, I, I want so desperately to not run my business like my mother and my father had run their businesses. And so I am at every single one of my son's baseball games. I am at every single one of my daughter's volleyball games. Um, I'm watching them practice. I'm taking my daughter to golf lessons. Uh, I'm with my wife. We do date nights. We, we take, I counted this up. I, we take at least a month off every single year. We take three to four vacations a year. And um, that's a life to me, right? It's, it's, um, I, I don't, you and I have had previous discussions, Mike, about what's important, what's really important. And the, the family is the most important thing to me. And if I can't spend time with them, then what's the purpose of all of this? Boy, boom, you hit that one. That's, that's so true. I got to back up. I got to ask because people want to know you're a solo agent. You're telling us that you're taking evenings and weekends off. First of all, what does that specifically mean as far as time? How many weekend, uh, how many evenings are you taking off during the week? Are you taking all of them or certain ones? Mm -hmm. uh, the evening, are you taking both? Uh, the weekends, are you taking both days off or one of them? Uh, and then how are you pulling that off? That's what people want to know. So give us the idea of exactly what you mean when you say it and then how you're doing it. Okay, so um, my Okay, my family gets scheduled into my calendar first. Every single game gets scheduled in there first. Every single practice, every single date night, every single event, birthday, whatever it is, it goes in the calendar first. Then my clients get to work around that. And um, they have their, like, so for example, this weekend, my, my son's playing two baseball games. They go into the calendar and I have a client who would like to, one of these orphan clients that I was telling you about, they wanted to um, meet me tomorrow night on Saturday night, which is tomorrow, Saturday uh, at five o'clock. And I said, I'm sorry, I, I have an appointment. I, I can't do it. I'd be happy to meet you earlier or on Monday if you'd like, but I, I can't do it at five o'clock on Saturday. And so they were okay 
with me coming on my schedule at, at one o'clock. So when I say night, nights and weekends, it is my scheduled time with my family if there is something going on. If they're going to be sitting at home and having, you know, and, and just watching TV, then I'll go and do an appointment. But realistically, I'm off five nights a week. I, I don't work past 5.30, five nights a week. And then it almost sounded to me like you're taking Sundays off. Is that true? Uh, Sundays are usually off uh, as well. Um, there's been times where I just don't have anything going on and somebody would like to see homes or list a property. And that's, I'll do that. I'll do it. If, if there's nothing going on and we're just sitting around, it's a lazy day. I, I'll do that. So what I heard is that you are pre-scheduling in the appointments with your family, the sporting events, the activities that you want to make sure happen. So you've got to be planning ahead. And then yes. when these appointment requests come up, you're not just saying, no, that's it. Goodbye. You're saying, hey, I can't do it at this time because I already have an appointment. They don't know. Mm -hmm. yes. And however, I can fit you in here or here. You give them an alternative close to go to a different time. Yes. That's exactly right. And um, if I have my way, I like to prospect in the morning and then do my client appointments at one o'clock and three o'clock in the afternoon so that I'm done by five to five thirty, and and most of my clients pretty receptive to that. And when I, I reprimand my clients if they call me on Friday and want to do something on on the weekend, I tell them I'm so sorry. This, you know, I'm in real estate and real and weekends are the busiest times. If you want to schedule a weekend with me, it's got to be done at least a week to two weeks in advance. And they get it. They understand it. And so they my my business falls within my parameters, my um, my structure, not the other way around. What a great script you just used. I hope everybody was listening to that. Your point is, look, I can't meet you this weekend because you needed to talk to me one or two weeks ago. Uh, and what a great way to push that off and to get into their mind that they have to schedule out a, in advance. They understand it. It's very logical. Uh, good job. I, I want to ask one more thing about this while we're on this topic. And that is, you said, date night. It's very important to keep that relationship with your spouse strong. Tell us, when is date night uh, for you? What does that mean? And when is it? Um, date nights uh, lately have been on Friday nights. Um, and it's I'm very lucky because our children are now old enough to be alone. And um, so we try and at least grab dinner where it's just her and I um, able to sit and talk, check in with each other, see how we're doing. Um, and uh, it's not extravagant. It can even just be tacos at the taco stand, but it sure is nice to be able to talk without um, having the kids be, the absolute focus where we can just focus on each other. And when you, the kids were younger, I assume you still did it, but what, you got a babysitter or have one of yeah. your folks? Help grandparents, you? yeah. grandparents. <laughs> of course, <laughs> it's always nice to have if they're around. Uh, so very nice, uh, it's a connection. Do you have any rules during date night? Like you can't talk about business or are there any topics that are off 
off the shelf you can't talk about and drop? No, no it's, it's usually just a time for us to be able to, to openly communicate with each other where we don't have to guard our words because the kids are around or whatever. We, because it's, it's probably not realistic to say you can't talk about business, although we don't really talk about business a whole lot anyway. She, um, my wife knows what I, what I do because she's done it before. And, um, and she knows that it's important to let me have a little venting time also. And because that's what I tend to discuss. And she, she has to be safe to talk about whatever she'd like to talk about too. So there's nothing really off the table. Wow. That is great. Thank you so much for, oh, and you're doing that every week. It sounds like just to wrap that up. Yeah. The, the day yes. nights every week. Yeah. Well, that's what we try to do. That it's the, the kids get in the way sometimes, but yes, <laughs> it, the idea is to try and do it as at least once a week. Uh, beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, well, Bryce, let me ask this. Uh, if there was an agent listening to a, us, a brand new agent, just getting into real estate, what would you tell them to do first? Okay. Um, so the very first thing I would do is I would get on the phone with everybody, you know, as often as you can. And what I would do is I would say to them, I just got into the real estate business and I'm so excited about it. Let me offer you some services because I need some help. And the services I can offer you right now is let me practice with you and do a market analysis on your house. And then I'd like your feedback from it. The other service I'd like to do is if you see a house that you're interested in and you just want to see it, call me. Let's go look just for fun because I need to know how to show houses and I feel safe with you to do that. And because you have to you have, you have these people who you know, they're the ones who are going to refer you. They're the ones who are going to use you. And if they don't see you as a real estate agent or real estate broker, then they're not going to refer you and they're not going to use you. So the best way you can do it is what there's two things that people want that the general public wants. And that's is they want to know the price of their house and they want to see what their neighbor's house looks like. And that's it. And so give it to them. And they will call you and they will ask you to, for, for favors. Oh, my friend wants to see this house. Can you go show it to them? It works. But be in contact with them. Let them know what's going on in their neighborhood. It's, it's really easy. The less you try and sell yourself to them, the better. The more you give of yourself, um, the more you give of your services, the more professional you're going to appear to them. And so that's what I would recommend you do. Uh, that is fantastic. What a, what a great piece of advice. I love that. Uh, I love how you, you're basically saying get into the position of being seen as the real estate agent. Great yes. advice. I'm not sure I've heard that, at least put that way before. And it's really sharp. I, I really appreciate that, Bryce. It shows why you shot up to the rookie of the year at 20 closings your first year, right? That's right. Thank yeah. You. Yeah, what a great idea. Well, I've come to the end of my questions for today. Do you have any parting advice for the listeners? Um, my parting advice is have 
a working database, a living, breathing database that, that implements systems for you. There is absolutely no way I can do what I do without the database. There's no way I could do what I do without leaning on other people to do some of the work for me. Um, the balance in my life is very, very important. And if you don't have the systems in place, if you're not living on off your calendar, then you're like, like a firework going off and it's just exploding in all different directions and there's no control uh, in, in your business. So um, have your database. Your database should tell you what you're doing every single day. And that's kind of it. Oh, that is fantastic. What great advice. What great advice. Well, Bryce, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Thanks, Mike. I really appreciate it. This has been fun. Uh, thank you, Bryce. Well, that's it for now. Thanks for joining us on Solo Agent World. Keep moving forward. Bye. Bye. This has been another episode of Solo Agent World. Enjoyed what you heard? Hit that like button. Plus, remember to subscribe and click that notification icon so you'll be the first to receive all the latest episodes. Love the show? Leave us a five-star rating and write a quick review. If you know a solo agent that we should interview, yourself or someone else, let us know at mastermindagent.com. And if you have a solo agent friend who could benefit, tell them about the show. Thanks for listening to Solo Agent World. Keep smiling and keep moving forward.